and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Well, I'm going to get straight into it. Tonight I am preaching on the story of David, David, sorry, the story of David and Goliath. And let me just recap where we're at in, in this point, okay? So there's a king named Saul and he lost his way. And so Samuel asks, sorry, God asks Samuel to basically go and find and go and anoint the next king. God leads Samuel to Bethlehem to a family of eight sons whose the the father was Jesse. And so Samuel goes to this family and he says to Jesse, present your sons to me. And so Jesse gets all of his sons and one by one presents his sons and he presents seven sons. And at the end of that, Samuel says to Jesse, have you got any other sons? Like, is this all of your sons? Because basically the first seven that he presented, God didn't indicate to Samuel that they were the one to anoint. And so Jesse responds and he says, well, yes, I've got one more son. He's out tending to my sheep in the field and his name's David. And so he summoned for David to come and instantly Samuel heard from God that he was the one to anoint to be the next king. And so then we move into this part of Scripture where there's a battle. There's a battle between two tribes. There's the Israelites and there's the Philistines. And just before this, basically Saul, because he's kind of lost his way a little bit, he's being tormented by some evil spirits. And he basically um, is told that not only does David, you know, tend to the sheep in the field, but that David can actually play um, the, I think it's the lyre, the Harp, let's go with that one. And um, he can play music and he's an anointed musician. And so in between tending to the sheep, um, he uh, also comes and plays music for King Saul. Now, Jesse one day goes up to David and says, David, can you please go to the battlefield? There's three, his three eldest brothers were um, on the battlefield with Saul. And uh, Jesse says, can you please go and provide, take food to your brothers, but also get a report on their well-being." And so David goes down, he delivers the food. And while he's there, he hears Goliath of Gath from the Philistine tribe threatening the Israelite army. Now, at this moment, all of the Israelites are full of fear. And despite the whole army being full of fear, David hears this threat and believes that he can step up to the challenge. And We're going to read from 1 Samuel 17, 45 to 47. And it says that David answered to the threat of Goliath. He said this, You come at me with sword and spear and battle axe. I come at you in the name of God of the angel armies, the God of Israel's troops, whom you curse and mock. This very day, God is handing you over to me. I am about to kill you, cut off your head and serve up your body and the bodies of your Philistine buddies to the crows and coyotes. The whole earth will know that there's an extraordinary God in Israel and everyone gathered here will learn that God doesn't save by means of sword or spear. The battle belongs to God. He's handing you to us on a platter. The title of my message tonight is Nobody Prepared Me For This. Nobody prepared me for this. One of the things that Jake and I share a mutual love for, Jake is my husband, he's sitting over here on the front row. One of the things that Jake and I share a mutual love for is driving. And this was really evident early on when we were 17 year olds and amongst our peers, we were the first to get 
our peas. And so after most Friday nights, we'd pack our cars with uh, as many friends as we could and we would race, I mean drive, down to Cronulla to get late night milkshakes at Nulla Nulla when that was like the place to be. It's not now, but it was then. And so Jake, you know, in his done up 2003, I think it was, white Subi Forester, and me in my grandmother's uh, forest green Ford Laser hatchback, we would uh, get in our cars with all our powers and we would head down to Cronulla. And one of the things when we were dating, one of the things that we thought would be a great bonding experience um, is for Jake to teach me how to learn how to drive manual. And so I learned how to drive auto originally and Jake, his whole family have manual cars. And so Jake thought, we thought it would be a great bonding experience for him to teach me how to drive manual. Now his older brother Mark also thought that this was a great opportunity to put his future sister-in-law to the test. And around this time, his parents, Jake and Mark's parents had gone on a long overseas holiday. And one day Jake comes to me and he says, babe, um, Mark and I are working, you know, would you be able to go pick up mum and dad from the airport? And I'm like, sure, no worries, not a problem in the world. Go grab them, get them from the airport, bring them home, easy peasy, not an issue. Mark yells out from the other room, you'll need to take mum's car, who's a manual car. And I'm like, no, 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 I'll just take my little Ford laser hatchback, it'll be fine. They're like, no, 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 there's not gonna be enough room in the boot for the luggage, you need to take mum's car. So the day comes, and can I just say at this point, I'd actually never driven manual on my own confidently. We had had many times, many challenging times, <laughs> many attempts <laughs> of Jake trying to teach me manual, but at this point in time, I hadn't actually driven manual on my own. But nevertheless, these two brothers thought it would be great to just chuck me in the deep end, pull me in a manual car to go and pick up my future in-laws. So I go over to their house one morning, I collect the keys, I collect my mother-in-law's car and I begin to pray in tongues the entire way from Karingwa to the International Airport. Now to make matters worse, not only was I battling with the pressure of a clutch and a gear stick that I really didn't know what I was doing with, I was also battling the pressure of peak hour traffic. And I was also battling the pressure of the ungodly intersection in the Sutherland Shire known as Captain Cook Drive and Tarrant Point Road on the corner of Endeavour High and Caringbah High. And let me tell you, it was terrifying. It was terrifying. I was sweating, my arms were, it, it, terrifying. I prayed in tongues the whole way. <laughs> a lot of bunny hops later, a lot of nervous sweat, <laughs> and a very dry throat from so much prayer, <laughs> I finally got to the airport. And I, I parked in the closest spot that I could find, which was convenient for me, not so convenient for my in-laws who had to lug their luggage all the way from the terminal. But I got to the airport and I greeted my in-laws and Rick, Jake and Mark's dad, he said, oh, you wanna, you wanna drive home? I politely declined. <laughs> and they ended up driving home and I successfully had my first time driving a manual car on my own, yes. Now, when Jake was teaching me manual in many of the challenging attempts, he would often make the remark, it's like you've forgotten how to drive. But let me just set the record straight. I hadn't forgotten how to drive, okay? I already had learnt how to drive. I knew what to do, I knew what to look out for, I knew what to watch out for, I knew how to check my, you know, my rear view mirrors, my side view, all of that. 
But the funny thing was, as soon as I was behind the wheel of a manual car, all that knowledge and experience just went out the window. Earlier in 1 Samuel 17, Saul and David are conversing about David going and fighting Goliath. And in verse 33, Saul answers to David, you can't go and fight this, sorry, you can't go and fight this Philistine. You're too young and inexperienced. And he's been at this fighting business since before you were born. David said, I've been a shepherd tending to sheep for my father. Whenever a lion or bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I'd go after it, knock it down and rescue the lamb. If it turned on me, I'd grab it by the throat, wring its neck and kill it. David was confident that he was prepared to defeat Goliath. And I'm here to tell you tonight that you too are more prepared than you think you are. In this day and age, we are conditioned to believe that our ability is based on qualification. Think about it, everything we do, you go apply for a job, what, are you, what is your qualification? But David understood he wasn't going to defeat Goliath because he was qualified. He was going to defeat Goliath because God had anointed him to do so. In 1 Samuel 16 verse 3, the Lord actually says, so this is back at the chapter before David and Goliath. This is where Samuel is at, God is speaking to Samuel about going to Jesse's family and anointing a son. This is what God says to Samuel. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. God anointed David. He indicated David was the one to be the next king. And it wasn't because of his qualification, but it was because he was chosen and anointed by God. And so when David was in the face of Goliath. His confidence was purely in the power of God and it was not in any sufficiency of his own. In 1986, uh, Bob Hoskin, the founder of One Hope, uh, which is an international ministry with the mission to get the Bible into the hands of every child across the globe, he received a vision from the Lord showing him how Satan was targeting children in horrible ways to destroy the potential of the next generation. This experience broke Bob's heart and he spent many days weeping and asking the Lord what he should do about it and what about what he had seen. He heard God tell him to take his word to the children and youth of the world and out of that, One Hope was birthed. In 2020, One Hope conducted a global study, study targeted at Gen Z. The study was designed to learn about their habits, their struggles, their beliefs, and their influences. And it was also designed to explore the views, the views that they had on God, Jesus, the Bible, and the church. The study surveyed 8,814 teens across 21 countries. The survey was 72 questions long and it covered the following topics, religious attitudes, personal experiences and struggles, digital connectedness, identity and relationships, and influences and guiding voices. Out of the 8,814 teens that were surveyed, 420 of them were Australian. Out of the 420 Australian teens, 128 of them identified as Christian. And out of the 128 Australian teens, 47% said they never read the Bible. Part of the survey then went on to look at how much their hearts struggle. 74% in the past three months said they felt lonely. 60% in the past three months said they felt highly anxious. 53% in the past three months said they felt depressed. They then looked at these stats 
in conjunction with teens who read the Bible weekly and monthly. And the link between reading the Bible regularly and their well-being is remarkable. Loneliness dropped by 20%. Anxiety dropped by 50%. Depression dropped by 15%. In 1 Samuel 17, 37, David says, God who delivered me from the teeth of the lion and the claws of the bear will deliver me from this Philistine too. The thing is, if children and youth of our generation are going to defeat the giants they are facing, it is vital that they know who God is and that they understand their preparation comes from Him alone. Our kids' ministry and our youth ministry, their primary role is to disciple and equip the next generation with a deep understanding of who God is and what His Word says. Because David learned who his God was and how his God had provided for him in the past. And so he didn't stop to question in the face of Goliath whether he could defeat him or not. He trusted God and he trusted that God had prepared him for it. 1 Samuel 17, 36 says, David goes on to say, Lion or bear, it made no difference. I killed it. And I'll do the same to this Philistine pig who is taunting the troops of God alive. David had a deep understanding that all giants are defeated the same way. All giants are defeated the same way. How often do we disqualify ourselves because in the face of a giant, we can't see the link between the giants we have defeated in the past and the giant we are facing right now. Learning manual is definitely a different experience to learning auto. I can tell you it has a lot more complexities (laughs) to the whole process. But the difference of transmission didn't discount the training and preparation that I had already done in an auto car. Auto or manual, it makes no difference. Lion or bear, it makes no difference. Sure, in the manual car, my accuracy and safety may have been slightly different. (laughs) But I was prepared to drive the car nonetheless. As humans, when we're under pressure, our ability to forget does not serve us very well. As Christians though, we need to strengthen our ability to recall what we have been delivered from before. We need to strengthen our ability to recall what we have been delivered from before because David recalled the lion and bear he defeated and that encouraged him to move forward. That encouraged him to trust God again and it encouraged him to venture forward in the way of duty. He said, lion or bear, it makes no difference. He knew all giants are defeated the same way. At the beginning of 1 Samuel 17, we see that the Israelites have every intention to fight the Philistines. It says that they rocked up to the battlefield in all of their armour, but it says that they were terrified and lost all hope. It goes on to say in verse 24 and 25 that the Israelites fell back the moment they saw the giant, they were totally frightened. I'm pretty confident that when the Israelites rocked up that day and they looked at the Philistines and they saw Goliath, I'm pretty confident that one of the things they would have thought was nobody prepared me for this. Nobody prepared me for a 10-foot giant, which for your understanding, is roughly three metres tall. Nobody prepared me for this. Nobody 
told me what was gonna come. Nobody warned me. Nobody gave me a heads up. Nobody prepared me for this. But in verse 34, David says to Saul, don't give up hope. I'm ready to go and fight this Philistine. David knew that despite what Saul thought, despite what his brothers thought, despite what the, uh, the Israelites thought, he knew that he was more, prepa- more prepared than they were because his confidence was in the power of God alone and not in any sufficiency of His. As David faced Goliath in verse 48, it says, David took off from the front line, running toward the Philistine. And that's because David had the will to see it through. David had the will to see it through. And we go on to read, David reached into his pocket for a stone, slung it and hit the Philistine hard in the forehead, embedding the stone deeply. The Philistine crashed face down to the dirt. That's how David beat the Philistine. With a sling and a stone, he hit him and killed him. No sword for David. Once we realise that our preparation comes from God alone, Once we realise that our preparation comes from God alone, once we realise that all giants are defeated the same way, we actually have a decision to make. We have a decision to make. Will we see the battle through? See, the Israelites' fear was valid. <laughs> they were up against something they'd never seen before. They you know, saw this huge giant standing in front of them. It was stronger. It was more powerful than they were. And the truth is David saw the same giant. He saw all of that. But the difference between the Israelites and David is that David knew the battle belonged to God. The battle belonged to God. And so out of that conviction, he took faith. He took action. We read before that David ran towards the giant. My question for you tonight is, will you run away in the face of your giant? Or will you have the will to see it through? Because God's prepared you. God's prepared you. And the battle isn't yours. The battle is God's. And all giants are defeated the same way. You know, lion or bear, it makes no difference. How big it is, how tall it is, how ugly it is, no matter what it is, it makes no difference. It's all defeated the same way. It's not in our strength. It's not in our might. It's in His power. By the Spirit, says the Lord. It really wouldn't be a preach of a kid's pastor, I don't think, if I didn't actually represent to you right now David and Goliath. So could you please put your hands together for my David, Declan Dutoit, and my Goliath, Mr. Shane Goyan, as they come to the stage. Perfect, all right, let's get this set up. Now, we've tested this out, guys, so please don't be concerned. Shane knows exactly what he's doing. Declan is gonna come with me. Declan, say hi. Hi. This is David. And that is Goliath. Is that a very tall man? Yes. It is. Goliath was 10 foot tall, which is roughly three metres, which is currently what Shane is standing at. As I've been preparing for tonight, I got this sense. The last two years have robbed us of a lot of things. 
the last two years have robbed us of a lot of things. And as I've been praying, particularly over the church, I feel that the last two years have robbed us of the spirit of David. It makes sense. We've been locked up. We've been told we can't see family. We've been told we can't do certain things. It's been really challenging, let alone, you know, having to face all the normal things of life that we would anyway. But I feel that God is saying enough is enough. I feel that God is saying enough is enough. And in the valley of Elah, in the valley of decision, in the moment of decision, when you can face your giant and you, can, you have two choices, you can either in the face of your giant, you can turn and run in the opposite direction or you can turn and face your giant and you can say, no longer will I be tormented. No longer will you steal my joy. No longer will you steal my hope. No longer will I be in pain. No longer will I be crippled. No longer will my hope be deferred because I believe that God is calling up a generation that rise to the occasion and that see the battle through. That see the battle through. David ran at Goliath. He didn't have fear. He didn't hesitate. He ran at Goliath and slung a stone at him because he knew it didn't matter what he did, God had already won the battle. God had already won the battle and all he needed to do was make a choice. Will you see it through? Can we give them a round of applause, please? Maybe you've come here tonight with a friend and you find yourself relating to this story. Maybe you, in your situation, you rock up to the battlefield of your life every day and you too have every intention <laughs> to fight, but you identify that there is something missing. You can identify that you need a Saviour and you need the assurance that David had. Right now, all over this place, I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And before we move on tonight, I wanna ask the people in the room tonight a question. What is your relationship like with God? Do you have a real, personal and current relationship with God? See, when you give your life to God, you have a completely new outlook on life. You face things differently. So do you have a real, personal and current relationship with God? I'm gonna count to three and when I get to three, if that's you tonight, if you feel like you need to respond to that question, I would love for you to pop your hand up and it's just myself and one or two of our other team just looking so I don't miss anybody because I wanna pray for you tonight because that is the single most wonderful decision that you can ever make. And so one, you need to know that you are loved beyond measure and that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Two, just like David, you too can have the confidence and assurance to see your battles through. And three, if that's you, can you pop your hand up for me tonight? So good. Yeah, come on, that's great. So good. 
Would you repeat this prayer after me tonight, church? Dear God, come on, dear God, today I recognise I need You. Please come into my life. Do what I cannot do. Change me, forgive me and make me new. From today, with Your help, I put my life in Your hands. You are now my King, my Master, my Lord and my Saviour. Thank You, Jesus. Everything changes from today. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. If that was you tonight and you made a decision, we've got a gift that will um, love to pop in your hands at the end of tonight. Um, But you just need to know you've made the best possible decision you could have ever made. And we are so excited to do this journey with you. Church, can I invite you to stand to your feet tonight? Ephesians 6 verse 13 says, Therefore put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. That you may be able to stand your ground. Over lockdown last year, God took me on a journey. I decided because I had the time that I would change up my routine of my devotions with Him. And as I said earlier, I love driving. Jake and I love driving. And the amazing thing about living in the Shire is that we have this just endless uh, amount of just natural beauty surrounding us. And so I just, you know, week after week, day after day, we just kind of like try all these different drives and all these different things. And I, I developed this pattern. I developed this habit and there was this loop that I would go on. I would drive, I live in Janali and I would drive to Sutherland, through Sutherland and I would enter into the national, sorry, I would drive to Waterfall, my apologies, drive to Waterfall, enter into the national park at Waterfall and then chuck a left and, you know, just come around past Bundina, Audley and then pop myself back out at Sutherland and go home. One day I got a little curious. How far can I push the LGA borderline, you know? And now I may or may not, I've crossed it, but that's all in the past now. So just don't at me for it, okay? But one day I decided to turn right and I drove um, drove through and I got to this little area where there's like a U-turn bay kind of thing. And I think it's kind of just before Otford. Anyway, there's just this dirt patch. There's two bins there. People obviously park there to go on like national park walks and Day after day, week after week, I found myself going and planting myself in this position. And I just found that this time and this place just became balm to me and the journey that God was taking me on. And one day I was just sitting in my car, I'm praying, I'm worshipping and I'm waiting on God. And I'm looking out at the ocean, I'm looking out at the trees, I'm looking out at the scenery. And I just feel Him impress upon my heart the word uninhibited. And for me, it's a big word and I'll unravel it for you. For me in that moment, what it meant was He was saying to me, I felt God say to me, Jess, I am calling you to be uninhibited. I'm calling you to be unashamedly, freely, completely holy, you who I created you to be. And I instantly looked up the definition of this word and it says expressing one's feelings or thoughts unselfconsciously and without restraint. Now, when I read the story of David and Goliath, I see David step onto the battlefield and I see him expressing himself 
unselfconsciously and without restraint. He carried Himself with this unshakable confidence and a will that had no restraint. He stood His ground, He did not hold back. He stood in the face of Goliath and willingly chose to fight. And tonight I just feel that there are people in the room and you have a giant. (laughs) Maybe you have many, you have insurmountable opposition coming towards you insurmountable opposition coming towards you and you have turned up to the battlefield and you have had every intention to fight. You want to see it through. You want to fight. You want it to be over. But your will to see it through has faded. In the pressure, in the midst of it all, your will has faded. And before we do business with God, there are a few things that you need to know. One, you are actually more prepared than you think you are. You are actually more prepared to take on your Goliath than you think that you are. And two, we need to recall and remember that all giants are defeated the same way. But if your will tonight to see things through has faded, I wanna invite you in a moment to come to the front because we're gonna pray with you. We're gonna stand in faith with you tonight. If your will to see the battle through, if your ability in that moment that David had when he faced Goliath, if you're, if you're in that moment and you're like, hell no, I'm running in the opposite direction and you just need someone to stand with you in that valley of decision. You need someone to stand with you in that valley as you face your Goliath. That's what we're here to do. That is what the body of Christ is for. You're not in it alone. You're not in it alone. Yes, you step up to the plate. Yes, you make the choice to fight Goliath, but God is the one that wins the battle. God is the one that has prepared you. God is the one that will overcome your Goliath. And so the band are gonna lead us. And I wanna encourage you tonight. There is no shame in this. I personally have had so many moments recently where to be honest, I've probably looked like I've run the other way. This term, it's been really tough. But we have, we have such an incredible senior pastor in Pastor Brad and Pastor Ali. And I sat in Pastor Brad's office and he said to me, Jess, you're better than this. You're better than this. And your preparation doesn't come from man, it comes from God. And tonight you need to know you're better than this. Your preparation doesn't come from man, it comes from God. And the battle belongs to our God. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.